I think education has been looking at the wrong thing. They've been looking at what we should be teaching students. I think we should look at who we have. I was hoping for change, but I don't see a lot of possibilities of change now. That we're still trying to do a school without thinking about education. I know a lot of PD uh, are, you know, PD sessions are wasted, you know. I think we spend too much time training teachers to do the uh, technical things. What we need teachers to do is to understand their education, understand children. You know, am I teaching the curriculum or am I teaching the children? Am I helping each child to grow? I think that's what the human educators can do better than machines, you know. Education is about the growth of a human being. Every human being can be uniquely great, can be uniquely wonderful in their own way. And that unique greatness can be translated into solutions to problems of other people, to problems in the world, and then you create value. I'm Gabriel Scheid. Welcome to the Learner Space Conversations. We are here to try to create a better future and education is the key to doing that. But despite knowing better, we're still stuck in our old ways, preparing our young people for a world that doesn't exist anymore. Join us in exploring how we can get a little closer to that proverbial tipping point so that we don't need to continue having conversations such as these. In each of our episodes, we will be reaching out to thinkers, authors, educators, doers, social entrepreneurs, and why not? Dreamers who, in the words of D.H. Lawrence, live their dreams with open eyes and make them happen. Today's episode features Dr. Yong Zhao. Yong Zhao is a Foundation Distinguished Professor in the School of Education at the University of Kansas. He is also a Professor in Educational Leadership at the Melbourne Graduate School of Education in Australia. He has published over 100 articles and 30 books. He is a super prolific writer. He has served on numerous academic committees and held many influential and advisory positions in educational systems all over the world. But beyond his academic credential and being a, a best-selling author, Dr. Zhao is one of the few people who is completely unafraid to say whatever inconvenient truth stands in the way of change. And uh, he's also active in the field, having led numerous initiatives for educational reform. He's an inspirational speaker and one of the most relevant voices in education these days. Dr. Zhao, we are very, very happy to have you here. How are you? Great. Thanks, Gabriel. Um, one of the things, one of the many things that I learned from you, once you told me that there's a, a Chinese proverb for everything, and uh, I remember this Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. Is is that so? Yeah, I, I don't think that's truly Chinese, but we can, you know, like I said it before, you know, uh, uh, Chinese has a kind of proverb for everything. So, we'll, so if we don't can't trust uh, 
Our sources we can attribute to uh, Albert Einstein. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, yep. or Peter or Peter Drucker if it's corporate. That's well. right. Some some smart guys. <laughs> um, what's going on? What 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 what's going to happen when when we return to some semblance of, of normalcy? What what's what's your personal take on all that? Well, there are. Um, That there are several things I think we need to think about. One is that what we wish for, and and second thing, what's happening. I think you know, we of course in a way even before the pandemic, uh, we were advocating for educational transformation to give more agency to students. Students needs to be creative and entrepreneurial. And they need to to not think about what they have, but what's the value of what they have, what they learn and uh, you know to to uh, to change and then uh, last year you know when the pandemic began to spread around the world i was hoping you know this uh, um, disruption could cause schools to change and schools actually did change you know many had to go online to remote learning but even though that remote learning may not have been well planned and well developed but they did you know you know in the us we know uh, for almost a year and a half that uh, schools were Uh, remote and uh, which actually was significant because universally students were learning. I don't know how good you know the learning was, but they were learning without being together in the classroom, which is really a universal uh, experience. That's amazing. And then of course that forced a lot of changes in teachers, in schools, in educational systems. So um, I was hoping that change, you know, but, all the changes. What, what, was that a holiday? Was that a holiday, or or did we move to a different place? Oh uh, well, I don't know. That's the that's the thing. I think right now, at least in, again in the U.S., schools returning, but they're returning to where the schools were, you know, uh, before the pandemic. Because the pandemic caused so many disruptions. And people say, okay, what's normal? So the normal was before the in innovations, all the innovations are considered as uh, as disruptions instead of as possible ways of transforming schools. You, so you that's why, you know, you I was hoping for change, but I don't see a lot of possibilities of change nowadays. You wrote a great paper on, on the grammar of schooling and how it needs to change. And if we change the grammar, it's like changing a language altogether, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But 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 is that realistic? Do do you think that 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 can happen? Well, it can. I mean, I think given today's uh, technology, uh, you've been doing a lot of technology stuff. You know, if you think about today's technology, today's globalization, today's world, it can happen. Uh, it, education can be and personalized. Learning can be personalized, and learning can be global. Learning can be online and face to face. Uh, it can happen. I think we have the conditions, but I think our mindset uh, is still with that old school, like the grammar of schooling. It's uh, you know it was you know it was done talking about in 1990s, but uh, uh, going back to a hundred years, schools were like that. We're still trying to do a school without thinking about education. That's why I was advocating. The grammar of schooling is not the grammar of education. Maybe we should uh, talk more about education, not about schooling. You've been, as, as I said in my introduction, you've been one of the few people that I know who has been totally unafraid to call things by, by their name. Um, 
if if we bring people in from from another industry and we say hey in in education as an industry we know what needs to be done we know mm -hmm. that there are state-of-the-art methods and research that prove that there are better ways to do things than, than, than the way we're doing them. And yet we, we remain using our old methods, procedures, and, and old ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. That's totally incomprehensible if you were to do that in any other industry. Imagine, you know, still doing manufacturing with uh, uh, Industrial Revolution era machines or, 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 or driving uh you know vehicles that are totally outdated how come what's what's going why why can't we change you've you've been you've been saying things loud and clear you've used all kinds of metaphors and comparisons why why can't we change what's going on well i mean there are many people trying to figure out why can't we change and uh, you know first of all we got to think about this uh, there are changes, we have to say, you know, uh, but not large scale. You know, schools, I mean, your schools have been changing. You know, we've seen probably tens of thousands of schools trying to make changes. But again, massively speaking, we got from millions of schools around the globe, and most of them don't change. I think, uh, you know, there's uh, the idea about societies has a different, you know, grammar of schooling. Uh, but also we have to think about this way. If you look at the, the education system or, or school systems, it is a huge system. A lot of people have invested interest in running the schools as they are. You, you have, uh, you know, every, in the U.S., every state has an education system and the state manages that and the federal government gets involved. Then you get the textbook publishers, you get teachers who are trained to teach in certain ways. And you get students who are used to going to certain ways. And I, I think the, the changes are, are just extremely difficult. You know, this, you know, any change that can take place, unless you are very innovative and courageous, uh, is small. And so I, I don't know, you know, if any education system can change, I think schools can change. So that's what I'm advocating. I'm counting on at the same time. Uh, schools that are willing to change can change. And hopefully this change can become bigger and bigger. Reflecting on, on, on your own journey, uh, you, you've lived uh, uh, a very rich life. You've, you've traveled all over the world. You, you came from, from China, from a totally different landscape, literally. Um, how can you reflect on, on your own journey versus what you're seeing in, in, in the world of education? Well, if you reflect on my own journey, that, that means, uh, you know, um, education needs to create opportunities for people, not trying to uh, uh, make sure to impose on them uh, what we think is right. So I think a lot of times, you know, uh, from a tiny little village, I came out, you know, um, in China, and then I've, of course, you know, as you said, I traveled around the world, but most places, you know, uh, uh, I am able to go have a strong interest in changing education. But in changing education, a lot of times, if you look at the reforms, they're not changing necessarily for students. You know, uh, they, uh, a lot of the times we're changing the curriculum, we're changing the pedagogy, we're changing testing. But, you know, I think uh, we need, education needs to rethink to say, how do you serve every student, each and every student? I think education has been looking at the wrong thing. They've been looking at what we should be teaching students. I think we should look at 
who we have, how do we help each and in each individual to grow? And that's what I think the big message would be. From from my own sometimes painful experience in in, in trying to make change happen in education, um, one of the the issues I guess is that our quote unquote clients. Uh, the people who, who consume the service that we provide education still want the old stuff. It's like I always tell people, like, you know, if somebody sees that you've got your the latest smartphone, they'll say, oh, I want that. Whereas when, when education is showcasing a, a, a new and innovative uh, school, for example, people mm -hmm. say, that's cool, but, but I'll, I'll still take my kids to the traditional school mm -hmm. in, in, in your journeys around the world. How, how can you comment on that and, and expectations from families versus what we at schools are trying to provide? Well, I, I think, you know, what, what we need to think about is uh, our children are not really our children. They happen to be with us. They give us a few, you know, a number of years of happiness in you know, all this, you know, but, you know, they are the creators of the future. So as parents, we'll make best guesses of uh, what education we should give our children. But that education is really, we call lifelong learning, whatever it is, is yeah, really but, but driving. Is it, is it about us forward. as parents or is it about our children sometimes? Exactly. I think it's the idea is that you know, we try to fulfill uh, uh, our past or our vision of education. But at the same time, we have to let our children decide what they want to do. I mean, you were talking about my own experience. I mean, I left home when I was probably like 13 year old. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, literally, I, I, I was boarding in schools and uh, I don't think my parents uh, necessarily give me an education, but they supported what I was doing as a kid. I was exploring, you know, my own way. I, I think education needs to be uh, uh, as much as possible, create such opportunities. But for and forgive me for using your your own journey as an example, but I think it's it's never better than when one refers to oneself. You had a really hard journey. You had to work you work very hard to to arrive where you are. And still, I'm sure you didn't wish that for your children. I'm sure you you know, and I know your children. I know that they they've they've done a lot of things in their life. Um, you didn't wish that upon your children because you had a hard time. You didn't want them to replicate that journey. And I find that many parents are saying, oh, I had a hard time in school. I didn't enjoy school. So how come uh, my, my daughters or, or my sons are going to enjoy schools? Well, um, I think that's different. I mean, I, I don't think necessarily, you know, for me, now reflecting back, I had a hard time. I worked hard. I think I was I was lucky to get a lot of opportunities, you know, and so uh, the, I, I think right now, of course, you know, I, I don't necessarily want my children to go through what I did. So we created a really very open and liberal environment for our children, you know, because, uh, you know, we don't want them to, to do that, what we, what we did, you know, as, as parents. But at the same time, I think there are some general uh, uh, guidelines you would give, you know, you know, there's some kind of simple human universal uh, uh, rules about you know, but for, to give you what makes a right? You know, can, can school be a place that the children enjoy, that they have a, a good time at, or does it have to be hard? <laughs> 
Well, what do you mean by hard, Gabriel? I think hard is a really interesting term. You know, you and I, we, we do a lot of writing because the writing is hard, but at the same time, we like it. We enjoy the hardship. So I think schools can be places that provides the opportunities to train children, to get them engaged, to get them interested. I think a lot of times we make a mistake to saying, you know, memorizing, let's say, um, a dictionary is very hard, but it's kind of useless, right? But at the same time, trying to complete a big project for students is hard, but driven by the student's own interest. But that might be a lot more interesting than memorizing a dictionary. I think in schools, we give a lot of tasks like memorizing a dictionary, and which is very hard and useless, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch topics momentarily, and, and and again, forgive me if I enter some some rather controversial issues. Like, young, you 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 are a member of academia. You've written extensively. You write academic papers. You're a university professor, uh, and yet, and the and yet is is loaded. Um, you are a, you're you've always been a, a clear, loud voice for for a no nonsense uh, change. What do you make of of professional development, academic writing, the political correctness of academia, citations versus change. Because I, I personally think that a lot of what doesn't happen in, in terms of PD and, and, and where teachers go to learn is, is, is also having an impact on, on change or lack thereof. Well, I, I can't comment really a, a lot on the PD, but uh, I know a lot of PD uh, are, you know, PD sessions are wasted, you know. I, I think we spend too much time training teachers to do the uh, technical things. What we need teachers to do is to understand education, understand children. I think uh, a lot of times we pretend to give teachers, oh, what you can do next Monday? What you can do when you get back to your school, or to your classroom? I don't think that that tiny things are useful. Yes, I mean, people say, yeah, yeah, I can use it. But what's really important is teachers' mindset about children, about education. I think teachers should be philosophers, really. They should be thinking about, really, a lot about what am I doing? You know, am I teaching the curriculum or am I teaching the children? Am I helping each child to grow? I think that's what the human educators can do better than machines, you know. So that is what, what I think the, the valuable is. In, in terms of uh, innovation in education, one of the greatest paradoxes is that we host spaces for innovation mm -hmm. and we and we contradict our own ideas by virtue of the way we do them namely we host conferences where people are are sitting down for days on end listening to people doing one hour presentations uh that are that are embodying the old model how can we get away from that how can we be in the, in the old words of mahatma Gandhi? how can we be the change we want to see in the world well, uh, <clears throat> I've been reflecting a lot on, on those, you know, we go around, we give a talk, people enjoy it, and, but there's no follow-up. I think um, for me, what we can do is really to get to people who want to change and to work with them to develop um, long time, like two or three years, change plans, and then they take actions. 
And but the actions are really from what they think. So we're changing their actions, behaviors. We're changing how schools can be organized, but also changing really mindset. A lot of educators, I think, needs to have a, to look at the students again, helping them to look at each individual students as individual, unique human beings, and then think about you know what they should learn. Because today with technology, again, they can. Individual students, if they want to learn, yeah. But the, the thing is, we do we say that, and we and I know that there are many people who honestly want that to happen. But then when they structure their own programs for doing that, they don't look at the the teachers as unique individuals that have their own style of learning. Well, yeah, that that's true. So that's why you know what what I I, I basically um, would say, you can't count on education systems to mandate you really have to count on individuals to make the changes. Hopefully that message was spread. So I only said, hopefully, you know, we are uh, again, Gabriel, not the only two people who advocate for innovations. Uh, innovations have been advocated for a hundred years, 50 years, and they don't spread, you know, because the systems, you know, are there. So we need, but the systems don't advocate for change, but we have to rely on a few individuals or however many we can get to make the change. You followed up on, on change. I know that you've been engaged in, in, in initiatives uh, with real life schools trying to make change happen. Can, can you share with us a little bit of that, how, how that journey went? Well, you know, I have done uh, quite a lot of experiments with different schools in different countries, in China, in Australia, in the US. You know, in every change you want is always localized is always redeveloped by the local teacher, local school principal, and, and also local students. So that's one lesson we need to think about. You can have a grand idea, and the idea needs to be localized, and there's a lot of input from others. So that's, that's one lesson. Second thing is that, and the existing systems can be changed. You may not be able to change the entire thing. So I've been advocating for like school within a school. Even if you have a school of 300 students, you may have like 50 students want something different. And I will do something different over there. Or you can take the curriculum, you know, maybe 30% of the time can be used uh, by students, uh, by st uh, driven by students, you know, so that's another uh, uh, possibility. And then you always find a few students, teachers and parents won't change. You can work with them separately. So I think there's a big mistake. If we want to work with schools, we always expect 100% change. I don't think that's really possible from all my experiences with different schools. Yeah, I always say that in education, when, when you have to, when you say the, the old phrase, all or nothing, it's always nothing, it's never all. So if it's all or nothing, it's nothing. Yeah, exactly, you know. So, so I, I think in our mistake uh, uh, is that um, we, we want everybody to do something. Uh, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think today education reform is to add new options for the winning ones instead of trying to convince a lot of people who, can't, who don't want change. In, in, in your view and with your journey and with all that you've seen and done, how, how far are we, if at all, from, from the tipping point? When, when can we expect that what we all know, what we all talk about, what, what there is a generalized consensus about the need for, for radical change, that we need to redefine excellence, that 
uh, that schools need to produce uh, high school graduates that have different skills and abilities, and, and that's not happening. How far do you think we are from the tipping point? And the follow-up question well, will I be... I think we are very far. <laughs> I, I think, uh, again, we see small-scale changes. That's happening. Innovation have happened and just have not been have not spread, you know. I think we will, uh, uh, but for the system level, for countries, for states to change, another 20, 30 years, maybe, uh, I think at least, because, you know, the systems, the, 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 the leaders are not ready to change, you know. They are not doing that. What would it take? Time? Incremental, oh, incremental time change? Time and actions of individuals. Time and actions of individuals. How, how will technology play a role in that, if, if at all? Technology? Yeah. Meaning like, for example... Well, technology the, plays a huge role. Uh, and right now, you know, we're relying on individuals to make changes. But, you know, technology is already connecting the innovators. Technology is already spreading new models of learning across. Technology is already connecting students from different countries to learn together. So technology is key. You cannot run away from that, but how do you use it is really important. You know, the resources we've created with technology can push for big changes. Um, sadly, tragically, Sir Ken Robinson died last year, unexpectedly to many of us who weren't aware of that. And uh, his message was as as prescient, as, as, as important 10 years after he started spreading the world around mm -hmm. the world and then then when he started how come what, what how how can we and he, basically his message was about self-esteem about creativity about nurturing uh the the the, the inner sensitivity of children and, and and he still touched audiences all over the world and his message was kind of unfulfilled uh was it what it, was it going to take for for us educators to understand that uh you know, self-esteem, uh, creativity are, are really big pluses in, in, in the future. Well, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's very sad that Sir Ken Robinson, you know, passed away. But, but it's, I think, you know, for me, education is not only about the things we mentioned, like critical thinking, communication, creativity, cure, whatever you name it. Education is about the growth of a human being. Every human being can be uniquely great, can be uniquely wonderful in their own way. And that unique greatness can be translated into solutions to problems of other people, to problems in the world, and then you create value. So, you know, uh, yes, everyone can be creative, but, you know, the creativity, you know, diversifies across different people. So what we need to think about is, uh, again, growing individual person you know, who this one person may not be extremely creative, but that person combined with a different personality for a different job might be just perfect. So we need to think about the uniqueness of human beings. What will it take for the narrative to change? Because we're still weaving a different narrative. <laughs> well, because we wanted people, 
in the world to be the same, to be homogeneous. We worry about the curriculum, we worry about the all these exams, you know, GCSE, you know, SAT, we worry about those things. And again, that's not starting from the child. We got to start from the child. And that can change. I think there are parents who want them to say, okay, let's start from our, ch our children. That's what schools have a hard time, but schools can change. Schools should not start with a curriculum. If uh, any of the, of the magic stories of the past, a genie came by, an angel came by, and they could grant you a wish, like what, what would your wish be? If, anybody, if somebody came and said, you know, we, we will grant you a wish in the world of education, what, what would that wish be for you? Oh my God. Well, I have too many, but you know, if you want one, I would uh, just want uh, every teacher to recognize every human being in front of them wants to learn, they're natural born learners, but wants to learn something different and they are different and also they are intentional. So that is every child wants to do something for purpose. So we have purposeful, diverse and natural born learners. If everyone accept that and then work with each child to develop a plan of learning, not to teach them necessarily, but to develop a plan of learning to find them the resources through technology, I think education can change. Thank you, Dr. Zhao. We invite everybody to follow Dr. Zhao's articles, research papers, latest books on ZhaoLearning.com. That is Z-H-A-O Learning.com, where he regularly keeps us updated on uh, his podcast, uh, his articles, his blogs, and all that he's contributing to the world of education. Thank you, Young. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. You can find all past and future episodes at conversations.thelearnerspace.org. D.H. Lawrence wrote, Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake up to find that all was vanity, but the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they might live their dream with open eyes and make them happen. To all of you fellow humans who are dreamers of the day, Thanks, and we'll see you on the next one.